Hey, Dan. What up, guy? You're into this fintech. What's all this I'm hearing about Current? You're going to like this guy. Current is a fintech company that's completely disrupting traditional banking. Wait a second. Does that mean I don't have to drive to the bank anymore? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I manage an important part of my family's finances from one easy-to-use app. Well, I got to get this app, but where can I learn more? It's super easy. Just go to Current.com slash OK, O-K-A-Y, and download the app. That's Current.com slash OK. Current is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services provided by Choice Financial Group, member FDIC, and Cross River Bank, member FDIC. Welcome to OK Computer. I am Dan Nathan. I am on vacation this week, but in the feed today, excerpts from a conversation I had last week with Zach Rotano. He is the CEO and co-founder of Row. They're also the co-presenting sponsor of this fine podcast. Last week, we discussed the founding of the company and really their push into these GLP-1 weight loss drugs through their Row Body program, which I have been on for a little less than six months. I've lost them. More than 30 pounds doing it has absolutely changed my life. So we're going to go through the whole process, why they're doing it, why I'm doing it. And so we really hope you enjoy this episode. Zach is a tremendous founder, and we're really happy to have him as part of the Risk Reversal Media family as a sponsor. So enjoy this episode. Roe helps patients achieve their healthcare goals in the most effective and convenient way. So Patients come to us and they say, I want to lose weight, and we have a comprehensive weight loss program. I want to have a child, and we have fertility products and services. And we've done that by seamlessly integrating a doctor's office, pharmacy, and labs, all through the lens of what patients want to achieve. And over the last now five and a half years, have helped over two million patients and one in every single county across the U.S. How do we get started? And I can tell this story now with a big smile on my face, but not a ton of smiles throughout the process. Only in retrospect, but everyone is doing okay. Everyone's alive. Everyone's happy and healthy. But every single person in my immediate family, myself included, has had some life-threatening illness at some point in time. So my dad's had four heart attacks and a stroke. He's also a doctor, which is relevant. I'll share why in a second. My mom has neurological disease. My sister, who's the biggest warrior of all of us, she's a two-time cancer survivor and has an autoimmune disease. And I have a congenital heart condition and had a heart procedure when I was 18 years old. And my dad, at some point in time, has saved each one of our lives. And there's something really powerful when your dad is your doctor. And I think that in addition to, and this is the biggest difference, and I think this is a premise that Roe was founded on, and I am very certain that a therapist would have a lot to say about what I'm about to say, because in some ways, I think I'm trying to recreate my dad with software, keep him alive forever. But when your dad is your doctor, Yes, they care about your overall health, but they also really do so in service of you living a happy and fulfilled life. So when I had a heart procedure when I was 18 and one of the side effects of my heart medication was erectile dysfunction, my dad both cared about my health and my ability to live a really long life. He also cared that his 18-year-old was unable to be intimate and enjoy that aspect of his life. And so I think right now, if you think about the healthcare system in general, it's very much based around institutions. It's inward outward, right? So it's based on health systems or insurance companies or PBMs, and they are the ones who generally control how the healthcare system works and functions. But the best healthcare in the world, which people who either have extraordinary means or people who grow up with a healthcare provider as a dad, they experience a different type of healthcare that we're trying to bring to everyone at Roe, and they experience the type of healthcare, what we refer to as goal-oriented healthcare. So we think the best healthcare in the world is goal-oriented healthcare, where A patient comes in and they say what they want to achieve versus if you look at both how the traditional healthcare system works and even how 
wave sort of 1.0 of digital healthcare companies worked, they were always saying, oh, we'll be your doctor or we'll be your lab or we'll be your pharmacy. And those are all features. Those are all features like in service of what, right? And so where one of our biggest insights was we're actually going to abstract that complexity of whether a patient needs to see this doctor or this doctor. And do they need to go to a doctor, then, a, then the lab, then the back to the doctor, then to the pharmacy, whatever it may be. We're actually going to say, come to us if you have this problem and you want this outcome, right? Come to us if you want to lose weight, have a child, have better sex, improve your skin, improve your mental health, whatever it may be. And we'll take on all the complexity thereafter. And that's how actually the best healthcare in the world functions, right? Why was this something that you guys felt this was the time and this was the product to do this? There's so much here. There's the stigma attached to obesity. There's why we entered the category. And then there's the, the program itself. In terms of how we entered, so we actually first entered weight loss and obesity about three years ago with a product called Plenity, which is an FDA-approved device for weight management. And we helped about 150,000 people start their weight loss journey. While doing that, they saw the, and we saw, and our customers saw these new innovative GLP-1s coming out, and they asked for them. And so first and foremost, I think, and I probably drank the YC Kool-Aid at a very young age, I did it just out of college, and they basically had two rules, which was like write code and talk to users, so build and talk to customers. And our customers were telling us that this is a solution that they wanted. At the same time, I saw my dad, who has struggled with his weight his entire life, I saw him lose 40 pounds, and I saw his diabetes under control. On a GLP-1. On Ozempic. I think the really exciting and powerful thing here, so just going back as to how we got into it, I saw it have this impact on my dad where he had struggled with his weight his entire life and nothing had worked, no amount of, and he's a doctor. He knew exactly, quote unquote, like what to do. Mm -hmm. And this man has a tremendous amount of willpower and self-discipline. And I knew those things to be true, but also saw that he was unable to lose and keep the weight off. And so, except for having used these medications. And so one of the biggest misunderstandings with obesity, and this is where I think the stigma primarily stems from, is that people view it as a failure of willpower or self-discipline. And there are very few, if any, there are very few, of course, there's always a couple examples, but there's very few healthcare conditions that are as prevalent it's actually none as prevalent, but there are very few healthcare conditions where when you see someone, you immediately make a snap judgment about their character. And so if someone has overweight or has obesity and you see them, generally society falsely views that person as making certain decisions that it is their fault that they got there. And like any other chronic disease, which is amazing to me that we're not able to separate these, but like any other chronic disease, there's incredibly important genetic, environmental, and there are obviously behavioral factors as well. And so that, I think, is the primary reason behind this stigma. The reason, and this isn't a new problem, right? Obesity rates have been climbing for the last 40, 50 years and since the late 70s, early 80s. But the reason why it's in the zeitgeist now is because for the first time, we have both a scalable and effective solution. Bariatric surgery incredibly are incredibly effective. Only 250,000 of those are done every year. So you would need about 100 years to get everyone who needs that surgery, that surgery at current rates. And so here you have the potential, and granted cost is a separate discussion, but just from a form factor perspective, and we can get into injectables and orals and all this difference. But for the first time in our history, we have a drug that the majority of the U.S. population is clinically eligible for, needs, deserves, I would argue, and wants. And that's going to put a ton of pressure on the healthcare system. It's going to put pressure on employers, on insurance companies. It'll highlight where the incentives are really distorted, but it also has the potential, and 
can talk about some of the new drugs that were released last week, or at least some of the early trials, I genuinely think it has the potential 5, 10, 15 years from now to truly eliminate obesity. And the reason that's important is obesity is upstream of eight out of the 10 leading causes of death. It is so early and associated with basically what some people refer to as the four horsemen of death, which is a morbid concept, but cardiovascular disease, metabolic dysfunction, neurodegenerative disease, and certain types of cancers. We've been begging for a solution to preventative health. And the reason that we haven't ever been able to align what a patient wants, as we talked about earlier, with what healthcare providers and the insurance companies and the health systems really want as well, we've never had overlap. We've never had overlap. Humans want that instant gratification, that instant result. And they have busy lives, right? People have kids and a mortgage. It's hard to think about heart disease or wait 30 years from now. But this is for the first time where both what a patient wants in the present is also ideal for their future. Let's talk about my experience a little bit, and then let's talk about where we are today, because I know a ton of people who want to be on this and can't get the drug. And I know that you guys have been out there. I know you wrote a blog post. We'll put it in the show notes. This Mm -hmm. was a few weeks ago. There's nationwide shortage of some of these drugs, and there's a lot of things going on. Part of it for me is how easy it was. Again, I filled out a form on row on the app. I was paired with a doctor. There were telehealth engagement right there. I was also kind of given, I guess, a licensed nurse practitioner to work with the process. I was prescribed. tests. Okay, so at-home blood test was Mm -hmm. sent to me. I did it in 20 minutes. I sent it back. That was a big part of the diagnosis of that. Then I was prescribed the drug. Then you guys worked with my insurance company. I can tell you that because my family has also had Lots of doings, as you know, with uh, health insurance for a whole host of health issues with some of our family members. It's not an easy process. It's not something that people want to sign on to do. So for me, it was this one-stop shop over the course of, I want to say, a couple weeks or so, if I'm thinking about it, which if I were doing doctors and I was going to labs and I was doing all this stuff on my own and dealing with insurance, it might have been something that I just fell down. We can do it all on your own terms. If it took you, let's say, two to four weeks to go through the whole process, the whole onboarding process but it probably took you cumulatively 45 minutes of your time. So you can do it on your terms. You can do it from the comfort of your home. You can also go to Quest if you prefer, but we're going to do a tremendous amount of work in the background. You guys did most of the work, okay? And so here's the thing, and I'm on it, and I'm not lying to you. Like I saw after three weeks, I went to a conference where a lot of people in my industry were and people that I might not have seen in person in a very long time, and people are already telling me, dude, are you working out? What are you doing? Three weeks, okay? So here I am. Five months later, and I'm literally, I think I'm at my playing weight from college yeah. in the 90s. I haven't been 195 since I mean, then. We talked about this offline since we're friends, but you have done, I think, an amazing job here where, yes, you've been on the program and you used the medication and you're leveraging the nurse and the team. You've also really embraced the whole concept of eating better, sleeping better, and exercising. You're sending me pictures of 7.30 a.m., you on the treadmill. Yeah. And so I think it is... But it's my life coach right here. You're able to do that. As you saw in the beginning, you had what a lot of people talk about. You have the food noise that's quiet, that's really quieted, which people talk a lot about. They don't have this constant drive in their head, this voice in their head. Then they're able to eat less. They're able to get a little bit of progress where maybe they're sleeping more. Then they're able to exercise. They feel they, they eat less again. And they're able to get this positive momentum where they're decreasing energy intake and increasing energy expenditure. But they're also doing it in such a healthy way where 
that's, I think, one of the most amazing things is people who have struggled, who have tried a bunch of different things. And I'm sure, and we've talked about these, tried a zillion different things. You've tried all of the things that people have told you to try for the last 30 years. And you're extremely smart. The fact is, I think you, once you got a little bit of momentum, and so it's really served as a jetpack, I think, for you to just live an overall far healthier. What do you say to people who say, isn't this like cheating a little cheating bit? Cheating in service of what? Yeah. Like, what are you cheating? Well, that's, well, that's what kind of the cheating? point, like getting healthier. But like, that's like, what I want to know. Yeah. What are you cheating at? Yeah. I don't understand the question fully because I don't know what you're like well, rather than really what, doing what the goal. diet and doing the hard work as but it you're, takes you're to doing exercise all those things. and stuff like You're that. doing but, those things as well. I think that the huge problem that people have is they want it to be an or. The simple answer is yes and, meaning I'm going to take this and I'm going to eat better and I'm going to exercise. From a doctor's perspective, if a patient comes to a doctor and they have certain tools at their disposal, maybe they have a statin, and the patient needs their help, are they not going to prescribe a statin because that person may in the future have a cheeseburger? Of course not. Would the doctor prefer if that person also made healthy lifestyle choices? Of course, but they would never withhold the tools in their tool belt. Ideally, someone does multiple things related to their health, not just one. So in my mind, I think that the question largely misunderstands that this is a neurohormonal progressive and relapsing disease. They largely don't understand the science behind it. And the second is cheating in service of what, to your point, a healthier life. As far as going off the medication, to me, there are very few medications, and it's where when you go off it, you continue to see the efficacy of it, whether you're taking statin or you're taking medication for your blood pressure. Besides a few infections or infectious diseases or whatever it may be, other than that, like you're pretty much going to need to continue to take a medication to see its use, to see its efficacy. And this is no different. And in fact, that very fact should highlight to people that this is actually updating people's metabolic processes on an ongoing basis. It is a disease that needs treatment and there's nothing wrong. So let's talk about this now. Because so many people that I know are yeah. seeing this thing really work, yeah. okay? And obviously I have a lot of friends who've come into the Row Body Program yeah. and stuff because they've been hearing we me talk that. about it. The ease of it. There's also, and you've been at the forefront of this, there's shortages. Okay, there's so let's really talk about this. Yeah. And this seems like a, something that's causing some frustration yep. among people yep. who want to be on it. It's yep. causing frustration throughout this labyrinth that we've talked about that you guys have actually yep. verticalized and made yep. it easier. But what what's going on right now and how should people think about if they are want to come and take these sorts of drugs and get on this sort of program. Yeah. What's the timetable here looking like? The shortage, it's tr it's really unfortunate and it's impacting patients, it's impacting providers, it's impacting pharmacies. I think it, to your point, it highlights the need for the treatment. Happy to talk about what we're doing in the near term and then the long term, as you talked about injectables and orals and sort of the pipeline and why. Hopefully this is a 2023 problem and not beyond for patients. But the immediate steps we took is, and there are, actually, let me take it back, stay back and step back and articulate what is in shortage. And Nova Nordisk is the drug manufacturer for both Ozempic and Wagovi. And both of those are the same active ingredient of semaglutide at different doses. Ozempic is approved for type 2 diabetes. Wagovi is FDA approved for weight loss under certain circumstances. I'm happy to describe the label if, if that's helpful. So Novo has said that the initial doses of Wagovi, so 0 0.25, 0 0.5, and 1 milligram are in short supply. And the reason that's important is because patients actually need to start at a very low dose. And there is a typical titration schedule over the course of four to five months. Different patients will experience slower or faster ramp ups depending on their own individual experience. And again, how they're experiencing side effects. But generally, they need to titrate up. And so if the initial doses are in shortage, 
it makes it very, very challenging for patients to start treatment as well as maintain treatment at the cadence that they need. So it's a once weekly injection. So what we did when we, were, when we saw the data and we saw the shortage start to take hold is we immediately turned off all top of funnel advertising, no TV, no radio. We stopped all ads with the word Wagovi in it. We started increasing calls to the pharmacy 5, 10, 15 times for certain patients. We started issuing credits for anyone who wasn't able to pick up their medication within 30 days. We started prioritizing Ozempic where clinically appropriate because there isn't a shortage there. We added another drug called Sixenda to, the form, to our formulary, also made by Nova Nordisk. You might be sensing a trend here. That's a daily injection where patients see about 9% weight loss over the course of a year. There's certain benefits and there's also certain frustrations to that with the daily injection and overall less weight loss. And then we've proactively messaged patients both before, it's on our landing page, as well as right after they sign up. We've given them the option to basically, if clinically appropriate, again, all assuming clinically appropriate, where they can potentially start on Wagovi, but we are very upfront with the fact that there might be delays or... They can, again, if clinically appropriate, start on Sixenda, and then in the future, when the shortage is over, we would be able to transition. And them there's over no issues with that starting on one drug and then moving to another. It totally depends on the individual patient and provider. It is possible, but it's obviously not something that we would be able to guarantee for every single patient. And this is something that every healthcare provider, every healthcare is provider, would navigate sort of and right. face. And we see it whether you go to your PCP or whether you go to Row. So w- there are only certain, there are only so much in our control. We try to take on as much of that complexity as possible by adding more drugs to the formulary, crediting patients, doing whatever we can. But this is going to be a challenging moment. And so I would say, if someone right now is they are dead set on Wagovi. And they're not open to a daily GLP-1 and they don't think that they would be clinically eligible for Ozempic. I, I think that starting right now, and I even hate to say this because I know patients have been waiting so long for this type of treatment, it's a harder time to start now because it is difficult to guarantee consistent and reliable access to that medication. Novo has said that by September they expect the shortage to subside. I'm not yet convinced that's the case. So I think we're going to see just because there's such unprecedented demand, I think we're going to see shortages through the end of the year. But Eli Lilly has a drug that's approved for type 2 diabetes called Munjaro. And that is expected to be approved for weight loss. Patients do actually see slightly more weight loss on that. And so there, then there will be two manufacturers in this space. And there's going to be more. Pfizer's working on one. AstraZeneca was working on one. Boring Ingelheim is working on them. And there are more. So some of the biggest companies in the world are all attacking this space. And so my hope is that will both lead to a reduction in supply shortages, but also price compression over time, which is incredibly exciting. And the newer versions of these drugs, the really exciting part is they are more effective and there are oral and injectable options. Right. So some of the newer drugs released some of the results of the phase two trial. Eli Lilly had a drug called Triple G, a nickname Triple G. The phase, the results of phase two were released on Monday. Patients saw 25% weight loss on average. A fourth of patients saw more than 30%. They saw reductions in LDL, A1C, blood pressure, increases in HDL. And one of the most amazing things is in 2007, generally the community has identified effective weight loss treatments as those that lead to or clinically meaningful weight loss as those that in 30% of patients lead to 5% weight loss. This drug saw 100%. Every single person in the trial lost at least 5% of their body weight, clinically meaningful weight loss. That's never happened before. And so we are at the very, very beginning of this cardiometabolic revolution. And I don't think it's an overstatement to say that this is an inevitability that 
let's just use, let's use something absurd. 30 years from now, these things will, whether they're injectables or orals, now obviously there are benefits to orals, we'll, ha we'll happy to talk about that, but they should be at a cost and a price point that they should be accessible to everyone and we can genuinely eliminate obesity. Now, that might be 30 years from now. So the question becomes a society, which I think everyone's missing the point on, hey, these are too expensive, employees shouldn't cover them, all these different things. We should instead be challenging ourselves and to say, okay, how do we compress time? How do we turn this luxury into commodity faster? Because it doesn't cost $1,500 in other countries. It costs $150, right? So if it costs $150, people are like, oh, how do you bring something from $1,500 to $50 or $30 a month? It's a lot easier to bring something that's $150 to $50 or $30 than $1,500. And by the way, no one pays $1,500 for the drug, not an insurance company, not the only people who pay $1,500 for that drug are patients who pay cash between rebates and all of these different, all of these different things. So a pharma company is probably only getting $500, but the, there's, can, can, can go endlessly there. But the point being is that we started on the shortage, sorry, but you got me going on a subject I'm incredibly passionate about, but the shortage will be a challenge through the summer and potentially longer. And so I, I think people need to explore different options. And if they're open to a potential to either wait and see and be willing to do that or a daily GLP-1, then I think Roe is an amazing place now. If there need to wait, then I would wait. Hey listeners, it's Dan here. I want to tell you about a company that I'm really excited about. It's called Current. It's a fintech company that's completely disrupting traditional banking. I'm a new Current customer. It's already helping me and my entire family manage our finances, all from one easy-to-use app. So try Current for yourself and get the app by going to current.com slash okay. That's current.com slash okay. Current is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services provided by Choice Financial Group, member FDIC, and Cross River Bank, member FDIC. With CME Group's micro-sized futures and options, you can access the same transparency and liquidity of the benchmark contracts with less upfront financial commitment. Diversify your portfolio and manage your exposure with the flexibility of CME Group micro-contracts in crypto, metals, FX, energy, and equity indices. Learn more about what adding futures can do for you at cmegroup.com slash micros. You just said is pretty fascinating. This is a multi-decade mega trend, Absolutely. getting everybody in the world who actually have obesity, like getting on this drug. So when you think about this moment in time where we are right now, and you think about how long these drugs have been approved yeah. for obesity, we're literally talking about the first pitch in the first inning, if you will. And so I guess it's just important for everyone. There's new articles every day in the publications that I read about these drugs, whether it's the Times, the Wall Street Journal, and a whole host of obviously very medical. Yeah. It, the New York Post has a ball talking about all yeah. this stuff or whatever. I just think there's a lot of emotions about it yeah. right now. And yeah. I think everyone should probably chill out a little bit because yeah. it's all coming. Yeah. Does that make sense? What it is, I want less chill out. And the main reason I do is because I think it is absolutely absurd how expensive it is. But it's amazing to me that we don't call out like why that is. There's really great examples here of when statins first came out, they were about $8,000 a year in today's dollars. And New York Times wrote, this is going to revolutionize heart disease treatment. And now you can get a year supply of statins for 30 bucks. As soon as we can see that, and if you truly follow the case history of statins, Pfizer, 10 years after statins were first invented in the late 90s, they released Lipitor, which before Humira was the number one selling drug of all time, before it was eclipsed. And what they did is they had a more effective statin and they released it at a lower price. And it shocked the pharma world. 
competition will lead to that price compression. And the size of this market is leading to the largest companies in the world all vying for this. And that is the best news for patients. But unfortunately, it takes time. And I think that we both need government pressure. I do think we need government pressure. I think we've seen that with insulin. But I also think we need competitive dynamics. And normally, competitive dynamics are harder to take hold in the healthcare system because there isn't a massive swell of patient demand. But here, there will be like something that we talk a lot about, Roe, is never bet against the patient. There will be a massive groundswell of people pounding the table, begging their employers to cover this. And we've run surveys with the Obesity Action Coalition about how people will view their employers, but depending on whether they cover it or not. And this might be relevant for listeners, which is about 50% of people said they would stay at a job they hated if they would cover their GLP-1s. And 44% said they would quit. They'd literally leave their job if they knew that another job would cover it. And so I think that what we saw with mental health and fertility and the massive increase in coverage from employers over the last five, 10 years, I think is going to be very indicative, but doesn't even scratch the surface of the demand that you're going to see in terms of the number of your employees that are going to be impacted by this and how important it is to them. It's unlike anything that I've ever seen. Let's talk about the oral thing, because again, I said one of the pushbacks I hear from people is like, oh, you have to take a shot, yeah. right? I don't like shots yeah. and I hate going to the doctor to get a shot. There's no way I'm going to give myself yeah. a shot. The oral stuff, does this potentially change the game? Is it a pricing thing? Will it drive down the pricing of all of the major pharma companies? are getting into this, is it the thing that makes these drugs accessible for the masses, no matter what you're diagnosed with and prescribed for? I think over time, it's a very important option and it'll be essential for some of the reasons that you just described. So some patients, if we just break down like why injectables versus orals, the reason that some patients are reluctant is because they have to inject themselves, right? So an oral option will be fantastic for them, but also small molecule drugs, these tablet drugs are far less expensive to make and they don't have to be cold chain shipped. So you can scale production far more and it's less expensive and they have a longer shelf life. So just like from a sheer good perspective, it wins in terms of a lot of, on a lot of different criteria. The challenge, and it really depends and this is where the individual patient is, they are thus far, and again, this is where I'm sure there will be continued innovation, they're less effective. So you have orals right now that have come out that said recently last week that had phase two or early trials that said 15% weight loss, which is on par with Wagovi. And some of the initial orals had eating restrictions around them. Some of the newer ones don't. So it's once a day instead of twice a day, current ones are twice a day, but once a day instead of twice, no eating restrictions, 15% weight loss. So if you were just stack up Wagovi right now versus some of these new orals coming out soon, one is a pill that you take once a day. So 365 times a year, or 50 times, 50 times a year. Certain people will prefer one versus another, but what you're starting to see is some of the injectables, they stay in your system longer, they don't get broken down by your digestive system. Those are the ones that have been most effective. So it's gonna be, we are a ways away right now from seeing orals have 25, 30% weight loss. But again, not everyone, we've talked about this, not everyone needs to lose 30% of their body weight. Some people don't. And so I think what you're going to see with more and more of these options is you're going to see that some are better at lowering A1C and weight loss. Some are better at not liver disease. Some are better at blood pressure. Some don't increase your heart rate as much. And you're going to see all of these differences between them in addition to the difference in weight loss where a patient will be able to come in, a doctor will be able to look at them and personalize what form factor based on their preference, but also efficacy, 
as well as some of the underlying biomarkers that you talked about and what that patient best needs. So it's such an exciting thing because obesity is really, it's a product of our progress, right? It didn't exist really like 100, 150 years ago, but we also lived till 35, 150 years ago. So it sucked. And so we solved a lot of the ways that we normally died from diseases and infections and different things like that. And now chronic diseases are killing us and our hyperpalatable, readily available, affordable food is Really, it's a, obesity, again, it's a product of our progress. We're starting to see the ability to solve that product of our progress as well. And so the amount of impact that it can have on the quality and quantity of hundreds of millions of people, and we're at the very early stage, and people talk about AI and GPT, like I do think the things that are going to have the greatest impact on our world, there will be GPT and GLP over the next 10 years. And it's really, to your point, in terms of the chill out, we're just at the first inning of this massive revolution. And it's really exciting. Talk to me like what you're most excited about as a company, as you attack this. And again, this is the first pitch in the first inning. It sounds cheesy, but I saw the impact that it had on my dad's life. I saw him struggle with his weight for 20 years. I saw him have four heart attacks. I saw him have a stroke. I saw him struggle to pick up his grandkids. And I saw him because of who he was and the access to care that he had. I've seen him over the last two years be able to reverse a lot of those trends and be in the best shape and health probably over the last 10 to 15 years. But that luxury is limited to the few. And the idea that when we first started, we were able to democratize what my dad was able to do for me in terms of access to these products and services that changed my life. The idea that what I've seen the impact that it's had on his life and my relationship with him and our entire family and the impact that it's had, the idea that we would be able to have the potential to bring that to millions of people. And again, it sounds cheesy, but I think it's hard to imagine a problem in the healthcare system that people who obsess over how to have an impact on individual patients' lives every single day, it's hard to imagine how we could have a greater impact on more people's lives earlier than this program. and. That is in no way to diminish our other products and services. I love them and I'm our first customer. But it is something that I think, one, in the present is so incredibly meaningful and we've seen it. But two, that we can spend the next decade working on. And it is both daunting and exciting to work on a problem that you don't see an end in sight to. And I think that's what we're most excited about is like we've been running after trying to find a way to help as many people as possible. And we feel like we can just sink our teeth into this problem for a decade. Listen, I think anyone who's listened to the pod or knows me, I've actually been able, unable to talk about much else. <laughs> it, it really, it, it's changed my life and the ease in which it's happened. And again, not maybe Roe bodies, the cheat code. I don't feel like I'm cheating as You're far not cheating. as using the drug, but what I mean, the cheat code of the ease of use of getting on the program and staying on it. And we haven't even talked about the nutrition yeah. specialist and this, that there's a whole host of things. At 50, at 50 I feel like I have hard? a new lease on life. If you I will. love that. You know what I mean, oh, um, I love that. And what's, yeah. what's fast. But I'm not going rooking with you. I know that you, we got to go rooking. No, 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 we got to go rooking. I mean, listen, people, if you're listening to this and you know what rooking is, that. tweet at us or text us or whatever the heck it is that you do, because I'd never heard of it, but Zach walks all over the city with pounds of weight uh, <laughs> in, in his backpack. And that's what he calls working out. I can't do that at my age. Though. We can do it. We yeah. can start small. Listen, man, I really appreciate it. I appreciate A, our friendship, but B, what you guys have built and my involvement with it, but also your sponsorship and your partnership yeah. with Risk Versal Media. So we're really excited to have you guys as a presenting sponsor of OK Computer. You're supporting our show on Sirius XM Radio on Mondays, which is amazing, and obviously on the tape. So thanks yeah. so much. For can I say one more thing? Of course you oh. So. 
We talk a lot about this idea at Row of you need data to move a brain, you need a story to move a heart, and you need both to move a human. And when we first started Row, as a result of the stigma behind erectile dysfunction, I told my story, right? And it allowed the outpouring of messages that I received, but I think it allowed, in some ways, it helped with the destigmatization that this is something that people experience. And so you thank me for the sponsorship, but I want to thank you because I genuinely believe that part of the stigma around, around the treatment of obesity is because people have been historically, at least related to this and seeing it as cheating, is people have been reluctant to talk about it. They've been reluctant to share the fact that they're using it. And not only I think everyone, do we need or expect everyone to shout from the rooftops that they're using this? No, that is everyone's individual journey. But I think people seeing someone like you comfortably share, because I think it takes a lot of courage to even start the journey, let alone share it with others, that I think it's tremendous. And I think that, yes, you're going to help a lot of people know about Roe and their body program. But I also think you're going to help a lot of people see themselves in you as your listeners do and just take a really positive step in their life. And it doesn't happen without going on a limb. So I do think it's hard to do. And I wanted to say thank you. I appreciate that because before I met you, your commercials were in my consciousness. I think a lot of people were. And the bravery that you showed doing that, what you were in your 20s when you started doing those commercials, is absolutely amazing. So to me, this is not a big leap. You know what I mean? And it's something that, again, I was at a dinner last night with five guys and Two of them at the table, aside from me, are actually taking the drugs and they're talking about it. And I think that's a really big first step. I totally agree. And we all, we literally talked about it for a half an hour, which is absolutely amazing. So we need to normalize, it it normalizes it. And if people need it, they should absolutely get access to it. Yeah. Listen, Z, we really appreciate, again, we appreciate you being here. This is a great conversation. I hope you'll come back and we'll do it again. Let's keep updating it. If you like what you heard, make sure to hit follow and leave us a review. It helps other people find the show. We also want to hear from you. Email us at contact at riskreversal.com.